Sound Awake on SAFM, 3 to 5 a.m. Narrative therapy is what we speak of on our Wellness Corner today. The stories you believe about yourself can shape your worldview. Narrative therapy can empower you and aims to help you question assumptions you may have about your life and instead consider alternatives you may have overlooked. Let's find out more and understand this. Counseling psychologist joins us now, Kona Olifir. Kona, good morning and a happy Tuesday to you. How are you? Good morning. Fine and yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, I love this topic, narrative therapy. But let's just get a better understanding of it because we talk about most people and may, maybe everyone has a story that they tell about themselves, whether it's conscious or unconscious. So, But what is narrative therapy and how does it link to these stories that we tell ourselves? You know, um, narrative therapy is actually a beautiful, powerful tool that um, a lot of therapists use. And sometimes I don't think that we really actually consciously decide to do it, you know, because we humans have got this thing about stories. We are sort of programmed to you know, learn through stories and to connect through stories. So, um, yeah, when when we're in a therapy session, you know, and we go, listen, tell me a little bit about yourself, that is a part of narrative therapy. But when it gets therapeutic is when you um, help your client or the person that is with you, sometimes we do this, it helps with families very, very nicely, you know. Um, so you would get people to... Um, sort of distance themselves from their own, um, you know, like narrative. We all have the little victim narratives that we cling on to. But when we tell the story as if it's not us, you know, where we sort of remove ourselves from the problem, um, we get a better view of it. And then, of course, you know, we, we make that distinction between, um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you refer to a problematic child but it's not really a problematic child, is it? It's a child who is struggling with something, a child mm-hmm. who is engaged in problematic behavior. And when you when you change the narrative, you know, when you when you um, change the focus of of the story, you know, we get this idea where you know very easily you can change your story from being a victim, for example, to a survivor if you tell it you know, just in a different way. And and very often, you know, especially children are so good at telling stories. And then, you know, creating a little, um, you know, alter ego or, or creating identities for this for the problems that you are struggling with, you know. Um mm. and yeah, and uh, sorry, it's it's a it's a really big topic. <laughs> yes, no, no, it is because uh, essentially speaks to us being the authors of our own lives. We've heard that phrase Absolutely. before. So we can yeah. reauthor this book as as we want to see it yeah. uh, pan out mm-hmm. or, or be read out. What are the approaches then to narrative therapy? Um, you know, narrative therapy started um, really actually very recently. Well, I don't know, for um, youngsters maybe a long time ago, but only in like the 80s. And the um, sort of the environment in which it started was in traditional um, circles, you know, where people started to communicate and share their shared problems, you know. So, um, and um, so when you're in a when you're in a therapy session, you would first get the person to make that distinction between, you know, like what is you and what is the difficulty that you are dealing with, and obviously. 
you know, it goes without saying that there's no blaming to be assigned to anything. Um, a problem is merely something that, you know, um, what is that old thing of the, the the presence of a problem is the absence of a of a um, solution, you know. So when we when we step outside of that, so we help our clients to step outside of the narrative, you know, and sort of get a more of a holistic view to it. Um, mm. There are many, you know, there are sort of questions that you ask, but the whole thing is like um, to find a way to speak about your pain um, without, you know, being burdened by it. And I think it's always easier to tell a story, you know, than to talk about yourself if you mm. get the sort of distinction. So when is it used then as a form of therapy, narrative therapy? Um, you know, in South Africa, for example, I don't know if you know about um, in Cape Town, the Institute um, for Healing of Memories. Mm-hmm. In, in my own work, um, you know, when we are dealing with unresolved trauma, when people, um, you know, obviously everyone goes through traumatic experiences and we learn to process it and we deal with it. But sometimes these, um, you know, the trauma that you have experienced doesn't get resolved. And very often you find or we find in a therapeutic situation that the the problem the client is dealing with actually doesn't belong to them. It comes from their sort of ancestors, you know, from it's an intergenerational thing that gets sort of modeled and repeated over and over in families. And we, we have this, you know, where we carry each other's pain. And if you can create that narrative and, and see the storyline, you know, and see where you, where you um, can turn yourself from the victim into the survivor or, you know, the victor mm. in the story, because here you are sitting in front of me and we are talking about this, you know, you've made it, you've got here. Um, yeah, so, no, in, like I say, in many, many instances, um, but especially groups, you know, families, um, maybe friends or, um, you know, like I say, with, when we have um, larger communities that we are dealing with, it's, it's a very powerful way of, of um, you know, finding and isolating the problems and seeing the impact of the problem, you know, um, where, where it's not um, what is happening in your life, but what is the problem causing in your life, you know. Yeah. And then when, what does it start with? Can you literally have, I mean, if you have an issue, you realize you need to go for therapy, walk into the therapist's room and say, I actually want narrative therapy and, and just decide from then on. You know, um, I think there's a lot of, most people that I know, actually, you know, we, we sort of, because there are just so many different ways and um, modalities of therapy. Mm. So some some therapists actually specialize in narrative therapy. So it's always a good idea to sort of read a little bit about the therapist that you choose to see. And then, you know, we have specialists. We have people that specifically work with narrative therapy. But if you are in a relationship with a therapist already and you want to try narrative therapy, you know, when when we do our training, we are all exposed to the different modalities. And I'm convinced that your therapist will go, listen, I think this will be a great idea. Let's try this, you know. Um, yeah. Mm. Are there instances it's, where it's not a great idea, where the therapist would advise against it? Um, 
You know, it's so interesting. Um, the other day, we all know that meditation is a great idea. Mm-hmm. But meditation, for example, <clears throat> is not always a great idea when you are a, post- a PTSD survivor, you know, because you literally create space where you can think about, you know, whatever is going on in your life. And it might not be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really think of when it would not be a good idea, honestly, you know, unless... No, I think um, the therapist obviously will, you know, like hold the space for the person that they are that they are talking to and sort of co-creating this narrative with, you know. So I think the role of the therapist is, of course, very important, you know, to sort of um, guide the story if you want. But I think, you know, when when the story becomes heavy, that is actually when the healing space becomes powerful, you know, when, when it becomes difficult, when you have to walk slower, but you still have to walk that way, you know. And, um, yeah, no, I definitely think it's, it's not a bad idea anywhere. Um, it, it might, the thing with narrative therapy is that it takes time, you yeah. know, because you have to literally, like, recreate the entire story from the beginning and find the beginning, you know. Can it be used as couple therapy, a form of couples therapy? Because now we're talking two st- uh, stories. We're talking two narratives, and I'm imagining mm-hmm. that will might even take even longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I use it when, when I'm in a couple therapy session. I would, for example, do this. I would go, listen, guys, you have to understand that um, neither one of you are my client. My client in this situation is your relationship. You know, and already we have that... Um, removal of the two individuals from from the you know like um, connectedness, mm-hmm. and we are looking at what is this? This is a relationship, you know. We've created a, an entity. So yes, no, it's it's um, it definitely works there. And of course, then we can go, um, you know, we for example. Um, a, a very common thing is that my partner is no longer. Um, you know, sharing things with me. And that is a sort of an ac- accusation. You know, the statement makes the other person sort of want to defend themselves. Mm. But now if you tell the story, you know, so listen, tell me the story about it. What does it look like? What does it feel like? You know, when did it start? How does it affect your life? You might realize that, you know, as you are talking or as the partner is talking, that this is not really about sharing, but about the fact that they are feeling lonely, you know, or that that they are um, missing the old space where they were in, you know, yeah. where they, when you are new in the relationship, of course, you know, everything is new and you want to know things and you also, you know, believe that the other person is interested in you, so you share all these things with them. And we get to that space where, you know, we are sort of, you know, familiar with each other. But then, of course, we need to work a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so can no, imagine definitely. the work. Because it's, this, it's my story, it's his story, and then it's our mm. story as a couple. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, as you said, there's a lot to talk about narrative therapy, but we don't have a lot of time. So let's leave it there for today. I think you've given us enough gems to understand it and be clear on, on where to go. Um, but uh, how do we connect with you, Connor? The best, as always, email corna.ulifir at gmail.com. Thanks again for your time. A great Tuesday to you. Okay. Keep well. Bye. Thanks.
Kona Olifir, counseling psychologist, discussing narrative therapy in our wellness corner. Some more of your comments on Twitter. Spelele Ivan Bongwa says, none of the above. The question was, do you think that the actions of Operation Tudula's Ntlantla Laks are anti-crime or anti-migration? So Spelele, you're saying none of the above. They are fighting for drugs territory. All right, uh, Bongala Palmer on Twitter saying, the Tudula movement is not a political entity, yet they bring a new dimension in our political landscape. I'm here in my corner eliciting a chuckle listening to you and Pumelelo trashing out this issue. That was in our training. Pumelelo Mashifane joining us there as a social commentator. Thank you, Bonga. Kido Kaval Omkete Kido says, Good morning, Asa and all the early birds. Tlantla Lux is wasting his energy on not so important people. The fight is with the government, not foreign nationals. If it wasn't because of our messed up government, a lot would have been better. Thank you, Mukete Kido. I haven't heard from you in a while. Thanks for getting in touch, family. Great to know that you are okay.